Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands. My co-host this week is Dan Gross. Hey, Chris. And this, and we have in studio this week, Tyler Euler and Jeff Custerbeck from the Grail Point Brewery. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. Um, so have you guys, are you officially in business now? Because you're very, very new. Yeah. I mean, we've officially been in business for about two years, okay. but we're we're finally in production so that's uh that's been the biggest hurdle i think one of the biggest hurdles uh for what we've been planning over the last couple years and uh we've you know we finally hit that hit that threshold and and ready to ready to go yeah we we began production on uh last friday and we should be out in kegs uh early june great and uh, can you tell me what do each of you do for the brewery? Sure, I'm a CEO, and uh, I'm a chief operations officer. Cool. And uh, so, uh, what was this? Just uh, you were sitting around drinking and uh, decided to open a brewery, or what were you doing before? Yeah, I mean, we still have our day jobs, um, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, it. I'm a beer lover, but I also know my my strengths and weaknesses. Um, Initially, uh, you know, I tried to do some home brewing. I'm not particularly good at that, uh, you know, and I wanted to bring people around me that complemented the certain types of skill sets and everything that we needed to make this work. So, um, you know, I was talking to Jeff uh, a lot about this, and and we we were batting around this idea, and uh, I just said, you know, you want to you want to try and go pro you want to open a business <laughs> and i um just interject real quick sure. i got second place at the great frederick fair mm-hmm. if you ever need help <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know I'll, I'll turn it over to you for a minute but we also have a third partner uh he couldn't be here today but he he's our master brewer um and he actually uh came uh to us via my my mother-in-law uh just she knew him in the community and and he's about our age uh young younger guy and very talented uh really has a knack for what i feel beer should be or what it could be and and not to be all buzzwordy but he really does want to elevate the flavors and bring um bring good good ingredients and good processes uh, to, to beer making. And we were fortunate enough to, to pair up with him. And, you know, if you have. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was like an amateur home brewer. I brewed mostly with my dad making okay beer that we drink for ourselves. Um, but we all came up as like young 20-somethings as the craft beer wave kind of hit the area in a big way. And we realized like we're going to be drinking this beer one way or the other. And we we were passionate about it so we decided like yeah. why not make something awesome while we enjoy the whole experience um and when we tried keith's beer he's been iterating and brewing like constantly for the last 10 years now or so yeah um, and and he's a he's a judge uh th- through the state and through the through the area and and he has uh, a lot of people you're able to like, especially in the food industry, you can find people with what I would consider perfect palates that can deconstruct a, a food dish really well. I would consider him one of those rare people in, in, in beer that, that can deconstruct what, uh, what should be a, an elemental basis for a good amber or an IPA or a stout. And 
well, okay, this is good, but what else can we add to it that can complement everything? And that, and that's really where we're coming from uh, with our with our flavors. Yeah, I took, um, a, I think it was like a two-month BJCP mm-hmm. course on judging, and the main thing I learned is that I have no right being a judge. That I, <laughs> yeah, it's, to, it's funny to, it's almost, it's not funny, but it's interesting to watch the judging. I've, I've been to a few of those and how they get just one nostril down there and like trying to, trying to pick out what, what specific type of hop and, and everything. And, and, you know, that's a little bit above me. You know, I know what I like. I, I know what I feel to me uh, as an, as both a business owner of this and as a consumer would taste good, but uh, he's on a whole other level. And I always respect people that can really sit down and, and deconstruct those types of things. So what is the, uh, the sort of the scope of the flavors that you guys are starting with? Sure. Yeah. We're uh, sticking to uh, Belgian and American styles. Oh, good. Mostly. I'm yeah. a Belgian fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we brought a few with us today, uh, but we have what's caught our core line. Uh, we have, uh, uh, our, our pale ale. It's called our penitent pale ale. Uh, we have our, uh, an amber, uh, Antioch amber. It's a, it's, we're, we're billing it as a red IPA. So it has some West Coast influences. It's a little hoppier, a little more refreshing than what you get with a, a, an East Coast or typical amber. Um, typically, I find ambers to be a little heavy and caramelly and, and a little harder to drink. Uh, this one, I feel, brings a freshness to it. Uh, we have an Imperial Belgian Stout and uh, a Saison, and we're calling uh, that our Priory de Saison. So, um, and I think the uh, the Imperial Stout is the uh, Siege Works Stout. Uh, do you want to open one now? Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, which one would you guys like? Wherever you want to start. Start with the Palo? Yeah, let's start with the Palo. Can I see? And yes. while you're opening that, you said it, it was like two years, right? Yeah. Were you trying to work out business details most of the time or were you perfecting recipes what was the what was going uh, on for two years absolutely yeah. <laughs> um if you can hand me those uh it was really working out um the business plan um and i i will say that you know we didn't take this lightly we have a business plan and we worked it we refined it we continually changed it up uh, to go with the changing environment that we were working in. And then uh, with our flavors, we constantly uh, taste tested, worked with folks, um, just got feedback to see what we could come up with that was generally, you know, appealing to a a mass audience of what we considered that. So uh, a lot of it just involved us, you know, trial and error. Mm -hmm. So this is the Penitent Pale Ale. Cheers. 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 Hope you hope you like it. So what I learned in um, that the course I took is that I can go as far as saying it's good or bad in kind of a grunt way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, this is really good. I like it's. It, I think it's a little more on the bitter yeah. end of a pale ale, which personally that's yeah. what I enjoy the most. So it's, it's really good. Thank you. Um, did you want to? Talk about any of the the story behind the pale ale. Uh, sure, yeah. I, part of what I'm bringing to the table is uh, expanding the uh, you know the lore of of the beer behind it. We're kind of going with a medieval theme, but not like too self serious about it. Um, and the penitent pale ale uh, is uh, kind of a the notion of you know sometimes you you overindulge with the beer and you, you might have some regrets the next day. Um, but with the penitent pale ale, you know, 
you can enjoy yourself. It's not too heavy. It's it's a light drinking experience. It's not too uh, strong. You can you can drink a bunch and and not feel too guilty about it. What's the ABV? Uh, five point three. Yeah, five point three. So it's kind of a good summertime mm-hmm. yeah. thing. It has that light, bright, easygoing, but a nice dry finish. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what I. Uh, it, it really, personally for me, um, took me a long time to really come on board with with the pale ale flavor because what I love about our. Um, our, our brewer, I feel like he's also never satisfied. So when we're sitting down just tasting new recipes and ideas, I'm like, it, it, you really need to maybe change this. And he's like, he goes back, he really changes it up. And, and it took us a while, I think, to really uh, find that balance of both dryness and freshness, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah. really hard balance to, to really get. Well, a beer like this is tough because everything shows up. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't mask it. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah, there aren't any strong flavors to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. so it 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 is both a really good opportunity, but also a really awesome challenge to try and marry all of that together to give a consumer a really good experience like that. So I I'm really excited that um, yeah this is sort of the one where we're we're uh, pushing out commercially uh, starting next month uh, the pale ale. And um, I'm, I'm really excited that it's going to be starting to be available in, in Central Maryland and, and other places. Have you tasted any of the, the big batch, the first big batch yet? Uh, we have not, but um, that we'll probably be tasting that in, in just a couple weeks mm-hmm. when it's when it's fully fully done. Because you started with what, like five five gallon pilot yeah. brews? Yeah, five ten gallon yeah. batches. Yeah. So then you got to scale up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of tricky. I don't it know. is tricky. Uh, you know, we, and we can go into detail about you know what we're working on and stuff but uh the system we're working on i our master brewer tends to say it's dummy proof and and i i know there's a scalability to Mm -hmm. it but he feels pretty confident there's a good team around it uh you know we're actually partnering with the folks at declaw and they've been more than gracious and and awesome to us uh so i feel very confident in their ability to to take our recipes along with our master brewer and and really work together to create a product for everyone. So first, I want to. Well, I, I do want to talk about sure. that. Um, sure. But I, w- I want to rewind a little bit. Sure. And so you guys, you started out with the Kickstarter campaign, yeah. Also, yes. yeah. Um, and I, I've never met anyone who's had a successful Kickstarter campaign. So I just like, what is? How was that like? What's the process? Do you, um, is Kickstarter a good platform for? raising the funds for opening a brewery uh, yeah yes and no um it's 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 very stressful because it's one of those situations if you uh only get to like 90 percent of your goal you get none of the money you know it, and so you've got to really push hard and, and work it for that month um yeah you get the initial like endorphin rush in the first few days as all your friends pour the money in and you get part of the way there and then there's a long period in the middle where anytime you're not finding somebody else to get money from you're stressing you're going to sleep and finding out no one's given money the next day and you're waking up thinking like i'm gonna fail yeah but you know we had an immense uh, response we got a lot of uh people involved and people really excited to to yeah see and, and we come through you know we thankfully we have a good community around us of friends, family that all wanted to participate in this, but we were also able to cast a wider net 
uh, to the larger uh, beer community and the DMV, and and they were really responsive and and gracious and helpful. Uh, you know, during the the campaign, we'd go out to local beer clubs, talk about uh, what we were trying to do, uh, and. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to kind of show up as what you know, just a bunch of homebrewers basically trying to go pro. But I really think that um, the beer we were, you know, we were showcasing, what we were trying to do, it really, uh, I think, struck a chord, um, and it really was able to push us over that edge. Um, it was a stressful month. Um, it's not easy, and uh, you know, nothing in this industry is is easy. Uh, as I mean, you've had tons of brewers in here, and and each one has a unique story of how they got there. Um, it's it's a lot of hard work. Um, there's a lot of a lot of disappointment, um, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's part of what we're trying to build here. But um, that first that first month was was very very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a there's a brewery in Pittsburgh that they they needed money to fund their an expansion mm-hmm. and they i i like the there's been a bunch of articles i think even like money did a or a wall street journal may have even done an article about it because instead of going to crowdfunding which the owner had considered yeah he just kind of did it on his own and he created um the good beer money or something so basically mm-hmm. just pre-sold beer like a coupon booklets and then you also got other incentives for cool. for buying the coupon books yeah, what they're right. more or less um yeah i mean we along with kickstarter i mean we had a rewards tier and and um all of our folks uh you know that that donated did get their rewards i, I think we have one or two or, or three folks that on the highest tier they'll get their name engraved on on a few things once we actually have our own physical facility we've got some people in a barrel club once we get going yeah age that for a bit yeah and i i I don't think that that plan obviously wouldn't work for someone starting a brand new brewery because they already had an established following of people that would support them Uh, but i just thought it was kind of it was a interesting twist on crowdfunding yeah i mean it it was uh, we talked to uh, i talked to a couple breweries prior to launching the kickstarter that had done it and some of them had failed some of them had been successful um, like their their Kickstarter yeah, campaign failed, yeah. or the brewery altogether no, the, failed. The Kickstarter campaign failed. So we, I was just trying to point out like some pitfalls that we could potentially avoid, and and a lot of them that that did didn't do well in that process. Uh, you know, they didn't take it seriously, or or they thought the money would just pour in, and y- you know, you had to work it like a full time job and just constantly be focused on your social media, going to new places, meeting new people. And um, assuming, you know, Kickstarter is just a tool and, um, you know, we in our in our wisdom, I guess, uh, came up with a really good plan to just constantly focus on it and work it and use it to our advantage. And I guess now you have a list essentially of supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use social media to continue to get the word out where you are, where you're going to be. Yeah, we... um, you know, we have a really good social director as well, and she's been uh, building up our brand uh, on social media over the last couple of years. And we, I, I would say we have a fairly good following of folks in the DMV area. Uh, a lot of them are constantly <laughs> asking, you know, where, where can we try this? When can we try it? And we're finally at that point. Um, it's been a what I would call a long journey, but, um, you know, we're finally getting there. So in your original Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. 
you you were going to brew i think someplace in virginia right so how how did you end up changing to uh yeah um we originally going to go with a, a some folks down down in virginia but uh, based on our, our financials and the projections of what we were looking at, uh, you, we decided it was going to be in our, in our interest and our longer-term growth uh, to look at um, other options. And we, we spoke to some, some folks, and we ended up talking to the folks at DeClaw, and they've been su- super supportive and, and wonderful and gracious. Yeah. And the, the, the initial place was going to be Beltway Brewery out in Sterling, and they're great guys. Yeah. And, like, we had a great time. Uh, working with them when, when that was going on but logistically we're all marylanders yeah uh and we're initially going to be selling in maryland it, it made a lot more sense to just work inside the state yeah and it was going to exactly it was just going to be difficult to since the business is registered in maryland to produce and then re-import and uh so it just made more sense uh mm-hmm. in 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 the logistics uh to to move everything up here now, so the question I wanted to ask before, sure. when, when you're contract brewing, mm-hmm. so does, is your brewmaster there mm-hmm. just using their equipment and doing most of the work, mm-hmm. or is their brewmaster there well, also working with, yeah. how does... Yeah, I, I think it really depends on what level of involvement we want it to be, but they've been super wonderful to allow us to bring in our, our brewmaster, yeah. he... he uses their equipment he does everything i mean they have their staff to support as well but he's the one milling and loading and and fermenting and and pretty much pushing all the buttons and 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 doing everything so um for our model of what we're trying to build here partner brewing for us really made the most sense um you know we didn't want to take on a lot of risk um we want to really focus on establishing our brand and with our with our brews first, um, and then hopefully down the road we'll be able to build our own facility. Um, you know that that's down the road, but uh, we you know we want to have an established brand and a, and a following and and a good distribution network before uh, that. You know, we need that interest to drive that kind of demand. So, um, you know, where we are right now, I think it really uh, was the right choice for us. And it's, it's worked yeah. out well for full tilt. Yeah. And they yeah. were, I don't remember how many, uh, three or so years, yeah. purely just partner bre- contract, partner yeah. brewing until they've, and they, they haven't opened anything yet, but he's working towards opening a yeah. brew pub. And um, it's, yeah. And I, I, I realize that some folks don't, don't quite understand it or, or, or look down upon the, the contract brewing, but it's really evolved over the last 10, 15 years. And, and uh, again, just for our model, um, it's been such a, a good relief because of that capital investment that is so hard because everything in this industry, especially starting off, is, is very um, capital intensive and you need so many resources. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart um, to, to really jump in. And that's why it took us really two years to even get to this point just because of all the planning, all the regulation, all the capital, uh, just to get to this point. So it takes a lot of work. Um, my glass is empty. Oh, sure. So, uh, <laughs> let's do the amber. Yeah, let's do the amber. Oh. While you're pouring, will uh, House Bill 1283 affect you guys at all? It, it has some effect, but it, not as much as the initial uh, bill that shocked everybody mm-hmm. is going to have. There was initially uh, a lot of restrictions on 
who could serve what in a in a tap house, uh, which would have probably limited our ability to sell. I mean, well, before the Senate amendments, it would have would have just completely killed you guys, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the contract brewing, the partnering mm-hmm. wasn't gonna. You had to only yet. sell your beer out of your your house, so we would have been uh, just destroyed right away. But uh, as it stands, I think uh, the and the barrel limitations aren't really gonna affect us for a while. Uh, the hours on brew houses shouldn't be a, a big deal for us until we build our own tap house. Um, it's still not ideal, but uh, it's not as as dire as as the initial. Yeah, and I, I think the the compromise in the Senate, and I'll give a shout out to Senator Young for being the only one, even though he worked to cobble the the agreement, but he voted against it, and he was the only senator that did that. So I I think he's been a good ally to the brewing community, not just in in Frederick County, but um, the whole state. Um, I would I would. Um, it's unfiltered. <laughs> we, we heart cloudy beer. Um, so do you plan on every, are you going to filter when you go into full production? Well, or we're, we're doing a, a slight uh, filter to the process. Um, obviously a lot of people don't like to see everything in the, in their beer. Uh, but our, a lot of Belgian styles tend to be a little more cloudy. Yeah. So there is going to be some filtering. Uh, but, um, we do, we do enjoy seeing kind of all the, and this is the good stuff. Yeah. That's where the vitamin B is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually getting my right. minerals You're, and vitamins right mm-hmm, now, exactly. right? A little um, fuller body. Yeah. yeah. It is a lot, a lot more. Yeah. If you filter it out, you'll lose a lot of yeah. that. Um, and to kind of go back to your question about the house bill, um, you know, it was an interesting you know, my uh, a lot of my background was in politics, and just sort of seeing how that bill came through, I was sort of astonished because 139 House members just voted for it without even reading it, and uh, and then it was the, a compromise. Mm-hmm. That's why well, it was fine. The, yeah, and then the <laughs> excuse was, "Oh, the Senate will fix it." Well, the you know they they ended up creating some type of predictive bill for the next calendar year, but I'm hoping the Assembly will pick it up uh, with the recommendations that this task force that Francho is uh, comptroller Francho is putting together uh, that senator young i hear is going to be on it too so that, that's a good, yeah he's on it yeah that's a good boon for for it um you know i can't speak more praise for what he's been trying to do for the brewing community in the in the state so i think he's going to be a good asset so where uh, will people be able to find your beer sure. coming up soon? Um, so, yeah, so initially, uh, we uh, about a month ago, we struck a, a good order deal with uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in, in Central Maryland. So if you're um, starting in June, um, pay attention to our social media and, and others for uh, the, yeah, for the final dates. Uh, but you'll be able to find us. Uh, in Laurel, Westminster, Arundel Mills, Owings Mills, Annapolis, um, or wait, sorry, Hagerstown, Frederick, Gaithersburg. And if our producer was on the ball, he would have had like some sort of breaking news, yeah, sound or music. Yeah, we haven't even sent out a because this is this is actually the first time you're releasing this out into the wild. Yeah, and it's really exciting for us, and and. The folks over at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, their management group, 
Um, they've been just super supportive. Uh, they realize that they're taking a risk on us because we're so. That's why, like you're you're talking about this very calmly, but it yeah. seems like it's a fairly big deal. No, it's, and it's, it's huge for us. I, so. I would yeah. bet that there are much larger breweries that wish yeah. they were. I mean, in we your were shoes. we were doing a tasting next to Flying Dog, next to uh, Duclaw, next to uh, you know all the all the other big breweries in the state, and and for them to consider us, um, you know. They did it in a very judicious academic sense. Like they bring in every every so often, they'll have a tasting, and and all the people that want to be considered, they have to bring in their wares, and everyone sits around and tastes their beer, and they score us, and and so they try and build a menu that is, you know, what they think their consumers will want, and and they took they're taking a good risk on us, and and I and I'm pretty excited that you know this was as you said a pretty pretty big deal. Um, you know, and, and, and with that, uh, you know, now we're actively out there selling and, and trying to set up accounts with bars. So, you know, if there are any Fredericktonians listening and, and watching, if you have, uh, your favorite watering holes that you would like to see our beer in, you know, let us know and let your bar know and, uh, we'll get that going. So which, uh, which beers will you have sure. on tap? Right? Uh, we're, we're starting with the pale ale right now. First right beer. Yeah. Try. The first beer. Um, and really, I, I think we're going to move towards the amber uh, for, for our next batch. The amber of the Saison. Yeah, sure. the, the amber of the Saison. Um, the amber is what we're closest to finishing with our full identity package. But, um, you know, it really will depend on consumer demand and, and choices and, and, and such. But ideally, we want to be moving in a direction where we have all four uh you know, in, in, in heavy production at all times. So, so do, do they have just a deal with you and you can send them what you have, or they have the specific beers that they want? Um, right now they chose that beer okay. and that's, that's what they want. Yeah. So, um, eventually my hope is if we're fortunate enough to, to stay on with them that, you know, they may want a second beer on tap, but, um, you know, a lot of that really depends on, local tastes you know annapolis for instance could want the amber whereas hagerstown really likes the pale ale and i i think a lot of breweries tend to find that when they're kind of spread out geographically that different tastes vary so how did the that work did they could any brewery show up to the, no. when they do that choice or um, do you have to like to apply to be invited for them to try um, or well i i think a lot of it tends to be like who you know and and um, our brewer knows some of the folks within that community. Okay. So it would, and yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. So well, it's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And um, they, especially uh, from, from what I can tell this, the management group that, that runs these, they're, they're really committed to building a menu that the consumer can try Maryland flavors and Maryland beers, and they're really supportive of that community here. So, you know, I would throw it back out there to the folks listening that, you know, just, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, when you think of that, you think of a big consumer or a big corporate uh, restaurant group, but really they're managed in, in smaller amounts. And the fact that they're really wanting to help local businesses and, and push that out there, I, I would, you know, I, w I would ask Fredericktonians and folks out there to go support them as, as well. Well, it seems like it, at least the Frederick ones mm -hmm. are one of the first large chains that have really pushed craft beer. Yeah. Like they definitely yeah. have 
their marketing that they're pushing craft beer much more than your average uh, big chain yeah, yeah. restaurant sports bar. Yeah, and I, and I'm sure that's hard. I'm sure that's hard to do, especially if you're running a ton of Applebee's or something. But um, it seems like this is something they're really committed to doing, and they do a fabulous job at doing it. Um, so you know, I I would just throw it out there and say go support. You know your your local Buffalo Wild Wings because they're committed to to Maryland and Maryland businesses, and I think that's and great. not even like it's I guess it's it's even further one thing to promote craft beer, yeah, and not promote craft beer in air quotes and just grabbing blue moon yeah blue moon <laughs> or even just uh yeah. breweries have been purchased by M- a yeah, and Bev, yeah but actually taking chances on sm- yeah small yeah. unproven breweries yeah, to and giving them tap lines and that's a I that mean, shows a commitment yeah and and the fact that and a testament that you're you're producing good beer <laughs> come drink it everyone yeah, absolutely <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of overwhelming at the same time because we're so unproven. Um, but you know, we, once, once we're more established with, with this relationship and, and you start seeing us up in, in, in taps around the, around Frederick and other places, you know, and we get into some festivals, we do hope that, uh, folks really, really do enjoy our, 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 our story, our beer, um, and, and really our, our larger commitment to just building a good business here in Maryland. So that's, it comes down to those really three things. And, and moving forward, mm-hmm. are you, a lot of breweries are starting to look at the idea of using Maryland ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. things that are either grown here, whether it's uh, hops sure. or even malt that is produced here. Are you are you kind of yeah. thinking in that direction as well? I mean, that the, those are larger, long-term right. uh, questions. But um, one thing I know that we've talked about is, is um, you know, economic sustainability and environmental sustainability, and and having more locally grown things does help reduce our carbon footprint of where we're doing it. There are certain hops we'll never be able to get here. We know, and and our brewer is always out there looking and thinking of sourcing the next best thing, and it's really hard. Uh, because we originally, when we were starting this project and this business, we had this amazing IPA, but Guinness bought all the hops and we can't, (laughs) so we can't for like five years, we can't make that specific IPA anymore. And, and, and they bought it for the, what was it? The nitro beers, the nitro IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you know, if you really like the nitro IPA, that gives you a small hint of what, what could have been, (laughs) um, you know, whatever. But, um, we um we have a, a seasonal beer we've been kicking around and talking about um that that our brewer has made with Maryland sweet corn and a lot of that would be sourced from from farms on the eastern shore um it's a, it would be a summer seasonal it's really delicious that's a that's a throwback to the 50s yeah. using yeah. corn yeah. and beer and it really is good especially yeah. at a lager i don't know if you yeah. it's a lager or if it's, it's a, a ale yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it just gives it that extra. So there, there is there is some thought going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it will just have to be on an ad hoc basis as we as we start to develop our our, our sourcing ingredients more more regularly. But I can say um, I would love to be able to support as mer- many Maryland farms or businesses within us because they're going to support us. I think a lot of people and consumers, especially in Maryland do like the local vor culture. They they like you know they like their meat from you know hedge apple farms. They like their 
uh, you know, their vegetables that are local, their dairy and everything. So why not your beer? Yeah. So yeah. Um, the it is in our thought process. Good. Um, you showed us your brand new tap handles. You oh, yeah. Hold that up so people can uh, see what to look for when yeah. they go into. Oh, oh. Is that good? Can you see it? Frame? Yeah, so you'll see our logo, and then uh, there's chalkboard here, right? the chalkboard paint. So it'll it'll be written pale ale or penitent pale ale, depending on how how good or bad the uh, bar, bartender writes. <laughs> uh, if it was me, it would just say PA probably. Mm -hmm. um, and then words here. Yeah. So. And, and that was made in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, we are trying to source as much as we can from the area. Uh, yeah, most most of our our tasting glasses are Baltimore. Our, yeah, most of our stuff is is made or or you know designed, made or whatever as as we can in in Maryland, Baltimore or or wherever. Uh, we, our shirts were printed in Westminster, so trying to trying to support as mar many Maryland businesses. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not always it's not always cheaper, but we feel it's the right thing to do because uh, Maryland is such a great state and it's given us a lot of opportunity. We want to help and support those communities as much as possible. So let everyone know what's the date we should start looking for you at yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, tentatively, and, and please uh, check our social media. That's it's Grail Point Beer Company on Facebook or or Instagram. Uh, we'll be putting out those types of announcements and even our website, grailpointbeer.co.co. Um, we're thinking, I think, delivery June 7th, June 8th, around that time. So um, not a not a hard promise there, but um, it really depends on, because beer is a living product, uh, it, it really depends on where the brewing ends up at the end of the month. And so by three-quarters of the way through June exactly, should be a safe, yeah. you safe should, time. You should be able to go to Frederick's uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and, and start start pulling a pale ale down. Um, you hopefully would see us in a bar of your choice in, in Frederick as well. So if, if you guys have some favorite bars, let us know. And, you know, we've been actively reaching out to some of the bars in the community as well. So great. Well, first, congratulations. Thank you. It's a huge deal. Um, do you want to toast to that? Yeah. Let's uh, pour <laughs> one. Yeah, let's go with the stout. Yeah. So, uh, on the Amber, you guys were tasting, were you able to taste the hoppiness uh, of of it a yeah bit. it was definitely oh, yeah. A, yeah it oh, yeah. was um definitely like closer to an old scratch yeah type of uh, hoppier pit, uh, and, amber than your typical boring amber yeah. and that is a uh descendant uh few years of of fiddling uh later of the first beer that we tried when we met with keith to talk about him coming on board as our our master brewer so has keith ever brewed anywhere professionally or just a avid home brewer he is an avid home brewer um but he is yeah like as we said uh judged and he's a cicerone so he's oh. he's got a lot of he's fancy yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's a toast to you guys so to your congratulations success. gentlemen and thank you very much Thanks for to the producer <laughs> thank you very much for thank coming on the podcast uh so this is our imperial stout yeah uh, and before we go, I just wanted to shout out to our uh, social media director, Lauren, and uh, our creative director, Melissa, Melissa who helped yeah. put all this stuff t together. Yeah, they, um, they, Melissa really has been instrumental in building our brand awareness and our brand identity and giving us that really clean look that I think that we've got a pretty recognizable logo 
um, and and Lauren has done such a good job of just keeping us both in line and and keeping our message on task and, and getting our social media presence out there. So they've been such a big help and assistance to us. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for coming in. Cheers. 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 The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.